Hi, I'm Liz Vassy, and I love old crazy runners. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Old Crazy Runners. I am Nicholas, the oldest of the old crazy runners, and I got my cousin Fundy, crazy of the crazy runners. And you're going to want to stick around for Liz Vassy, director of the Human Race documentary and former regular on NCIS. I believe that only makes us uh, two positions removed from Morpheus. Uh, yes, it is. Only two positions removed from Morpheus and three from Neo, which basically means we are just like stars of the Matrix. Best friends with Keanu Reeves. I've almost got him on my speed dial. Uh, but before we get to that, make sure to rate, review, uh, and subscribe to the podcast and tell all your friends. We'd love to have everybody listening in. And be sure to head on over to Strava and join the craziest run club of them all, the Old Crazy Runners Podcast Run Club. And if you'd like to search me up, you can see some crazy routes of me getting lost in Japan while I'm traveling around running over there. Guarantee you the only time you're going to want to advertise that people search you up. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, other than that week, nobody searched me up because there's nothing going on. We have our next big race coming up. First time one day relay the Seabrook Challenge. I can't wait. I can't wait to. And I, I completely snowed myself on this one. It was like, it's going to be easy. It's just two, two five-mile legs in and out. Super easy. And then uh, I went back in to, reass- to assign some legs because we had some changeover with our members. And we are doing the same legs, leg three and leg uh, nine. And um, they're a little on the long side. Like yourself, I originally was not runner three. And <laughs> our van had um, a, an adjustment that needed to be made. We didn't have to bring in any new people. But uh, n- suffice to say, I had to take on leg three as well. And I looked at it. It's like, okay, it's 16 and a half miles over two legs one day. It's a hardy day. But whatever, yeah. you know, we've, we've done that. And I'll be doing that in training for is, is yeah. come up on the marathon, but I didn't really look at the, uh, the elevation as closely <laughs> as, as, as I probably should have, especially for that second leg. Cause, uh, as you say, it looks like at one point we're climbing a ladder. I think so. There must be in Seabrook. So in Oregon city, they said it's one of the only places in the U S has an outdoor public elevator. And I think that they put one of those in, in Seabrook. It looks like there is an elevator. At mile 2.5, you just go straight up for 200 we, feet. We climb 100 feet <laughs> in what looks to be about a tenth of a mile. Yeah, it's got to be a ladder. Insane. <laughs> well, I'm a little sad for two reasons thinking about that. One is it just reminds me that uh, Ben had to drop. He was originally like three, and I would have loved to have seen his face after <laughs> running that one. Oh, that would have been great hills. to get on GoPro. Yeah. little slow-mo of his face after that lake. Oh, man. That, it does not look like a lot of fun. No, it does not. Uh, and that's the second leg. That's after yeah. we've ran nine miles. And it's a, sol- it's a solid nine. It's like 9.15. It's not like a eight, nine, seven. It's, you do nine and then a little bit more. 
but I, I can't wait. It's supposed to be beautiful out there. I really hope that um, running on the coast, we, I, I, I'm just really excited to see what the views are going to be. Uh, it'll be on the Pacific side of uh, the Washington Finger. Um, but those mountain ranges are also pretty spectacular right around there. It's, it's, it really should be a lot of fun. Plus, we are guaranteed to have the coolest van among all vans ever. Uh, speaking of which, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but I have uh, drilled and I'm ready to install the crossbars for the roof deck for the van for Hood to Coast. We had the roof deck. Oh, no, we, people have slept on the roof deck, haven't they? No, no, there's been no roof deck because I installed the roof deck. Then Hood to Coast was canceled because of COVID That's on the right. old van. This will be the first roof deck experience. That's right. Then you sold the old van before... Hood to Coast yeah. 2020. Oh, that's right. We're going to have our first party on the roof deck. Oh, it's going to be so awesome. Liz Vassy, director of the human race. I watched this documentary on Netflix, and it was, it was awesome. Liz's story for why she made the human race is really touching, and it's very compelling. And it gave her the opportunity to speak with some really, really great people. People that we also had a chance to talk to as well. You're going to love all of the stories. And if only one thing, stay. Oh, actually, this actually, know what? This was off air. Never mind. I was going to bring up the nipple talk, but she told us that off air afterwards. Um, well, that did come up actually in Helene's um, episode. It, okay. So, yeah, she told us off air, but then Helene actually yep. talked about it. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Some of the guests that we talk about in the human race are veterans that have run across the country, cancer survivors, and fathers running their very first 5K. You're going to love these stories. Let's get to it. Today on Old Crazy Runners, we have an actual bona fide Hollywood star that actually agreed to come on with us. So that's, uh, that's a shocker. I am completely amazed. I can't even imagine it. Uh, but beyond that, uh, we know her in the running community even better as the director of the Human Race, probably the best documentary I've seen in recent times on running. This, I think, is probably the best review for the movie, is my two daughters who have absolutely nothing to do with running whatsoever both cried. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Liz Vassy, thank you and welcome. Uh, thank you. That was the best introduction. I <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm touched. I'm honored. Thanks. It, same thing. Uh, I w sat down and watched it with uh, my wife and my older son, who he's run a little bit, but not really a runner. And uh, we had to stop at dinner time. And he's like, oh, are, are we going to finish that? Because he's known I've seen it like three times. So he just wanted to make sure he could watch the end, too. That's really sweet. I, you know, um, the biggest thing that I'm getting from a lot of people who see this, and it, it was my intention, so I'm happy that it seems to be translating, <laughs> is that it's not just about running. Exactly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm an avid runner. I run every day. It's uh, good for my mental health, my physical health. But um, this is really a movie about the triumph of, uh, of humans, you know, and, and uh, our ability to do things far past the age where people tell us we can't. Exactly. Yeah, that and also... There's never a bad time to start. Yeah. 
Um, that that was what was so interesting to me too. I mean, I followed so many runners over the age of fifty, and um, one of them in particular, Velma, who I you know you're not I love Velma, favorite, but I just <laughs> she's amazing, and she talks about how she's eighty, well, turning eighty. She was going to run a half marathon at the age of eighty for her birthday, and she was saying that uh, Alzheimer's runs in her family. I think, I believe it was her mother, her grandmother, um, they'd all suffered from it and running was keeping her brain healthy. And I asked her when she started running and she didn't start running until her mid fifties. And, um, she said, you know, people would say that she wasn't an athlete and that she didn't run fast enough to be an athlete. And, and that's, uh, that was something that I heard from a lot of these people as if anybody's the arbiter of who is <laughs> exactly, exactly. an athlete. I mean, my, my sister goes walking in her neighborhood every morning. She's yeah. an athlete. She's doing something physical. And I bet most of the time the people telling her that she wasn't an athlete are probably uh, old guys that sit on a sofa every day. And uh, obscure reference, they're wearing a John Cruck jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, uh, it's amazing who loves to offer up their opinion with absolutely no experience to back it up. Yeah, I love it. And so uh, actually talking of uh, Velma, I'd like to invite Nicholas to share probably his favorite quote from the movie. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So at the end, uh, when she mentions, um, one day I might not be able to run, but today is not that day. And we've had a chance to interview a handful of different people, uh, your movie. And that is a theme that comes out across every person we speak to, that desire to not be the reason why running didn't happen. Yeah, I loved when she said that. Um, I, I also loved, uh, Catherine Switzer mentioned um, that something like any day when she's ever had a bad day, it's, it's always made better by going out for a run. And uh, I thought that was lovely, too. I mean, she knows that it's healing for her. And so she knows if she's having uh, kind of kind of a bad morning, if she goes out for a run, she said she always, always feels better. So she, she said, even if I'm tired, I choose to do it. I choose to put my energy there. And um, yeah, I, I, it was it was amazing. I lucked out that uh, every single person I picked happened to be really eloquent and, uh, and really had sort of a, a soul connection to running. I mean, it was I, I knew it would be more than just physical activity for all of these people, but I didn't know how much more. Um, so I was so moved by how much it means to them for, for very different reasons in all of their lives, you know. But, uh, yeah, Velma, Velma was a keeper, man. I told her when we did the interview, you're a star. She wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Well, that was one of the questions that I had, which was a little bit on the uh, rejection side of things, which is a theme I know you've mentioned you have some experience with, is uh, who was the seventh person that didn't quite make the cut for the movie? What a good question. Nobody's asked me that. Um, there were a lot of people, actually. I, I found, you know, I live in Los Angeles. I've been working in television for a really long time, and I, I like to say it's where the ageism is made, you know? Like, yeah. It's just people become invisible after a certain age. And I started thinking about these athletes, and I was thinking, I, I wonder how much they want to be seen and noticed and how much they want to inspire people just by showing people what they can get up and do every day. And um, I, I really did just send out, I sent out a tweet, some texts, some phone calls, and the amount of, the, the response that I got, the amount of people that, that contacted me wanting to be in this was overwhelming. I mean, I, I'm actually talking about maybe doing uh, a part two because yeah. there's oh, cool. so many wonderful people, um, you know, and, and it all comes down to just wanting to be seen 
and, and noticed for who they are and what they're accomplishing. So there was no seventh. There was like a seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh. Well, if you are doing uh, number two and you need anybody to carry around some bags or equipment, I'm your guy. I, I have PA, oh. PA background work. <laughs> You say that now. If you had to go follow Mike up in the Hard Rock, my uh, my husband was my cameraman, and um, you know you're up there. God, what did it go up to fourteen thousand feet? It was ridiculous, and we're following him around. And my poor husband with the camera, he's like, "Only for you." But I do this. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a, it was a pretty harsh shoot, but well worth it. Talk a little bit about running at four fourteen thousand feet, uh, because a I can't imagine. And B, Mike did a freaking ultra there. Talk about that. Well, that was the most insane thing, following him doing the hard rock. I mean, I first of all, <laughs> there's a lottery to enter, which always shocks me. I mean, I ended up running the New York City Marathon. It was my first marathon the year after the um, after the dock uh, because Catherine said, you know, we can run as an honorary 261 member. And I just thought it was so funny. There was a sign that said, remember, you paid to do this. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. And it's the same thing with Mike for the Hard Rock. So many people want to run this race. And it's 100 miles up in the Colorado mountains. And it goes from, I believe, 11,000 to 14,000 feet. And... Um, you know, Mike is just a badass. Uh, he he trained uh, he trained for months before that. We followed him training, and um, he did an absolutely amazing job, better than we did following him around. I mean, I I'm <laughs> I'm insane. So I got up one morning when we weren't going to be able to see Mike for I knew maybe six hours because he was so far up in the mountains we couldn't vehicle couldn't go there. So uh, I went for a run, and I thought, <laughs> well, I'll just try it. And I think I think each mile was two minutes longer than it normally was. Wow! I mean, you holy catch crap! Your breath up there. Oh my god! It was crazy. And how how many miles did you get? Did you knock out on that? I, I did five. I did five. I told you I'm insane, but I just I mean we'd been running around. We'd been in a car following him around and and shooting, and I just oh. did stress reliever, and I also just needed to stretch, so I went out. So you've described yourself as an avid runner, and in the movie you mentioned uh, your mom's passing as. Um, you know, a point in time where it really made, you know, it was your therapy at then. And and I'm really curious to know what it was prior to that. Was it just an activity or how would you describe yourself as a runner before that moment? Um, I think before, before my mom, my mom was also in the hospital for a long time before she passed away. And before that, I have always been a very physical person and it meant something to me just to be able to get out and move. And I've been in an incredibly competitive industry since I was quite literally nine years old. So, um, you know, it's always been stress relief. It became, um, became a, a crutch of sorts once my mom was in the hospital and it became a much more mental and spiritual experience for me. Um, it became my friend, uh, which I know sounds so strange, but it's, it's true. It was, uh, sort of like my, my date every morning was to just go out with myself and run and clear my head. And it was my time. Um, my mom, it was, it was an excruciating process, uh, of letting her go. And, running um was one thing i knew i had that i could count on every single day and uh so it became sacred to me um and it was interesting because and i talk about this openly i mean my, i was so close with my mom and i went to a grief counselor afterwards to make sure i was handling everything correctly and the first thing she asked me was are you doing anything physical 
And well, I laughed. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I just loved that that was her first, the first thing she went to. Not, not antidepressants, not, uh, you know, what are you eating or are you drinking too? It was, are you doing something physical? Uh, which told me a lot. It told me I was on the right path. Yeah, that's great. Uh, a quote from a book I've read recently um, is the, the, the body leads, the mind follows. It's really true. I, um, I, I said it, I was saying it to my sister, you know, I, I, grief doesn't have the decency to be linear. Um, I, for some reason, um, thought that maybe you'd go through anger for a little bit. Oh, and now it's my time to be in denial. I just thought it would be cleaner. I didn't realize it could reach out and wallop you like yeah. three years later. You go, oh, oh, I'm feeling this thing. Um, and so, you know, running did help me deal with all of that and with this sort of incredible roller coaster that you're on. Um, and it did help me get those emotions out, um, particularly, you know, when you're angry. It's just it, running that off. It was an incredibly healthy thing for me. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, on a, a funnier note, too, those those days that you're angry in your run, I've not, noticed my pace picks up quite a bit, too. <laughs> well, lately I watch the news. My husband thinks I'm nuts, and he's like, he's like, if I'm running on the treadmill, um, you know, and I say that I watch the news, I said I can't help it. I get so angry. <laughs> and burn that off. Just shooting on back. No, it's uh, it's it's funny what does pick up your pace. It's uh, it's an interesting thing. When I ran the marathon, you know, so many older people write their age on the back of their calf. And um, it was really an incredible motivator because my husband and I ran it together and somebody with 74 written on his calf kept passing us. And I kept thinking, I can't, I can't let this happen. And, uh, and I, I actually do think he ended up beating us, but there you go. But it was, it was definitely a motivator. Well, you're better than I. I was running a half and this, uh, the cup, a couple, they had to be 80 at least, uh, just took off. And finally, right before mile 13, I caught the wife and passed her, and I never did pass that husband. He fucking beat me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Catherine, Sweet, uh, Catherine Switzer kicked our butts. Like, she had run it the year before we followed her, and um, she beat us by quite a bit, and she was 70. So there you go. I yeah. noticed her time um, mostly because it was just slightly past my one marathon time, my, my, my PR um, and couldn't help but notice she was in way better post-run condition than, the, <laughs> than I felt in that moment. So uh, I kind of took that to heart. That's like a um, uh, maybe a, a handicap. Uh, I was crippled and dying at the very end, so that adds 15 minutes to my actual run. Yeah, she was well composed and doing interviews after she yeah. was done. Yeah, well, that's the other thing I was going to say. If you want to feel real bad, she stopped and did about six or seven interviews during the marathon. Oh, stopped. she just stopped running and did interviews. She oh, did, and probably didn't. Yeah. Stop. Oh, yeah. So she beat me, and she still, yeah, <laughs> and she still got that time. Yeah. Oh She's wait, a, I didn't know that she stopped. Well, and she I still I ran paid, a 440. Oh, yeah. yeah, I paid attention that oh, she oh, stopped, yeah. but I didn't. Only the one in the movie makes sense that that was oh one of many. God. Oh, oh. So I, I want to come back uh, to the people in the movie and not necessarily isolate any one of them, but in a general sense, how did that um, influence and impact you as a runner to, to go through that motion with, with making the movie? Um, you know, it's impossible to be lazy now. Um, I, I think about these people who, the, the runners in Florida who uh, run with the group on Tampa, 
they run because it's social for them, which I love. I mean, I've done a lot of research on this topic. I, you know, between Dr. Freeze and his study and, and, and the running studies and how good it is for you. I've also read a lot about loneliness and how, uh, I believe I read one statistic about how long term it can be as bad for your body as smoking half a pack of cigarettes a day. Yeah. Um, it was something that, that crazy what loneliness can do to your body. And um, these Tampa women, you know, they get up and they run together, and it is like family for them. Uh, that said, they get up and do about five or six miles a day. And wow. one of them's like, yeah, I'm 67. I've done three marathons this year, two half marathons, slow year yeah. for me. Um, you know, and, and so some mornings you wake up and you're tired and you want to sleep in. And I, I think of them, and it definitely, definitely motivates me to get out there. Um, but I, I think about them all the time on a bigger level. I mean, we all need optimism and we all need hope. And one of the reasons I made this, too, when I made it, was because you just there's a lot of darkness right now in in the world and watching these people do what they do and watching these people um, just buck every convention uh, like the conventional aging process and what people view aging to be and it just it gives you hope for your own future so I sort of look like I, I look at these runners and I think okay I'm gonna wake up and run this morning and it's money in the bank. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for my future because look at what they've done for theirs. Um, so, you know, it's, it has absolutely changed my life and it's also made me prouder to say my own age. And it's, yeah. uh, it's, I've had people contact me in my own life saying, I, I'd like to do something physical, but I just, I don't know if I can. And I, I said, just watch the movie, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it helps. A couple of things there. I've I've done a lot of reading too about uh, community, and my big thing is longevity. I, I want to make it to triple digits. That's my goal, um, in a healthy way. And uh, yeah. have have you read the book Blue Zones? I haven't yet. I've heard oh, okay. of it, but I haven't read. Yeah, it. so that's one of the key of Blue Zones is community, right? So if you don't have community, you, I think the average you die five to six years earlier if you don't have a, a strong wow. community around you. So wow. um, those uh, that run Tampa group, they are on to something. Yeah. The uh, other thing that I recognized in watching the movie was the personalization as to why people chose to run. And it's never actually about the running. It's that's, that's a means to the end, which is to, you know, for you to work out some angst or to make sure that you're staying ahead of some uh, genetic possibilities. And I find that so empowering because it takes away the physical task and makes it much more of an emotional connection. I'm out here because of what it's doing for me, not because I need to run miles. Yeah, uh, ab absolutely. Um, I I was uh, I was so pleased when I met these people and found out all their different reasons for running, and I realized, and it's something I hadn't really thought about before. But everybody over the age of fifty, I mean, it's really hard not to have a story. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you're over fifty, you've been on this planet long enough. You have a story. And for instance, when I met Jose, who was the person running the 5K, and I did that very deliberately. I wanted somebody running a 5K, a 10K, half marathon, marathon. I did all different lengths so there would be somebody for everybody to uh, bond with and respond to and, and feel sort of a kinship with. Um, and Jose was running a 5K, and he's in his mid-50s. And um, so I was talking to him because he's very nervous about running this 5K. And, of course, his coach. Oh, his coach, coach is Pat, awesome. Who's in his 80s. and 
So we're sitting down talking, and all of a sudden in the interview, and I had no idea, Jose said, yeah, my son is autistic. I started running for him because he was getting lost in the hills. Yeah. And I wanted to help my son run because he was responding to it. And I, I had no idea that that was his initial reason, that family was his motivation, and that giving him something that he could bond with his son over, uh, which was just beautiful. Um, you know, and I, I thought, okay, well, here's a guy in his mid-50s. He wants to get in better shape. No, of course not. There was a much deeper reason behind it. And each person to a person had that reason. And, um, you know, after a while, you stop being surprised. But easily for the first three or four people, yeah. I just thought, I have no idea. No idea. Um, so each one is just uh, incredibly inspiring in their own way. And I know that we've mentioned uh, Catherine a bit more, but for me, uh, the most uh, poignant emotional part of the the film was um, when she started talking about uh, 261 and noticing, you know, women having the tattoo on themselves and the hashtags and stuff like that. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and kind of your feeling when, I don't know if you knew that before she started talking about it or, and, and kind of how that's grown into her movement. Uh, I did know about it because I've been, um, it's funny, I was just talking about this with somebody. I have been a feminist since I was a child and since before I knew what that meant. I, I remember as a kid watching Dukes of Hazard to be very specific, and noticing that Daisy Duke didn't get to do the fun stuff with the boys. Yeah. And, um, and I was angry. I remember being so angry about that. And I played with matchbox cars growing up, and, I, and, and people thought that was weird. And I didn't like Barbies, and I liked sports. And so I just never understood why I had why I was different for being like that and and I realized you know there are a lot of women like me and and more and more thankfully uh, and and more and more women athletes and, and elite women athletes and so I knew about Catherine's story um, I didn't know how far-reaching 261 was uh, her her group you know inspires women to run all over the globe including in places where women have, you know women have just been given the uh, ability to drive in certain places and she's starting running clubs there and getting women out and inspired to get out and take charge of their health uh, both mental and physical um, and it really speaks to women that this one hugely defining moment in Catherine's life when she was running the marathon, um, Boston, what, 50 some odd years ago and got pushed out of the race for being the first woman as a bibbed entry, you know, and she pushed her way back in. And she even says, I knew if I had to crawl on my hands and knees to finish, I was going to do it for my gender, for, for women all over. And she felt that calling so early on. Um, and she's, you know, we followed her around in the press tour before she ran New York at the age of 70 and uh, see how, how women and little girls respond to her. Um, it's just magic. And she has boundless energy for all of them. She's just, I get chills thinking about it. She's just a magic human being. Um, I don't, there are not enough nice words in anybody's <laughs> vocabulary to describe her. Well, uh, reminds me of another person that you had on the movie that I want to make sure we get some attention to as well, and that's uh, Helene Neville. Neville, did I say that right? Neville, uh, yeah. Neville, uh, also an incredible inspiration for what she's put out there and what she's accomplished based on what started her on her path as well. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, with your time with her. Well, Helene was hysterical because she's the very first person that we met. And it all started because a newscaster from, 
think it was Arizona, wrote me on Twitter and said, I know you're looking for runners. I know somebody who runs a lot, was how it was put to me. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, runs a lot. so I thought, okay, well, that'll be fun. And so I texted Helene, and I still knew she, I knew she ran a lot, and she was in her 50s. And she wrote, uh, actually, I'm training at this elite gym because I'm going to be running uh, across all the states in the middle of the United States. I've already done the perimeter. And, <laughs> and you're like, what? That, and I went... I went to her website, and it's got a little map of everything that she'd been running. And I just thought, oh, my God, this is a gold mine. I can't believe this is the first person that we're going to end up shooting. And we uh, we actually weren't going to start the entire filming process for probably another month, but she was training at this facility, and she said, how about can you be here next week? And I went, yes, we can. Yes, we can. So we drove and um, went to uh, – amazing gym um, where she was being trained uh, and she had just gotten back from a procedure. She um, had been through cancer. She'd been through, I mean, she's, she's had such a, just a litany of health problems and she'd had to go back in for more treatment and had a port in her chest that was removed. And I saw her, I believe the day after it was removed and it was an arms day at the gym and they didn't let up for a second. And that woman lifted more weights and yeah. did... I tried to keep up with her. There's a moment where I'm trying to keep up with her in that gym, and I wasn't faking it. I couldn't. Um, Didn't work out well for you. Hardest workout ever. Oh my god, (laughs) she's she is uh, she's a machine. That woman, and she would wake up and basically do a marathon a day. And she ran. She's now run across every single state. and uh, she does it, you know, not by herself, but she doesn't have a team per se. She has people that help her leapfrog um, and people that she stays with, obviously, because even she has to sleep. Um, but she uh, she is just a machine and she is she stops and gives speeches at cancer hospitals. And um, and, you know, her motto is rethink impossible. And she lives that literally every single day of her life. Yeah, I found her story to be super compelling, mostly just because of that constant having to go back out there and do that same thing again. I mean, we see it in a lot of these, uh, each of these stories in their own way, but hers was so magnified. Well, and wasn't she, she was basically doing a marathon a day for a while, right? On some of her runs? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, sometimes more. (laughs) Every day. Every day. And then, as you mentioned, the logistics behind all of that as well, driving to the next stop, finding somebody to drive her back, stopping, (laughs) dropping off food and supplies along the way. Oh, yeah. And uh, and bottles of water hidden behind signs so that she could find them. And what's funny is her car, she named it Wilson and like the volleyball, um, you know, (laughs) in Castaway. And so she drives Wilson around and Wilson is falling apart, um, but he keeps going like the engine light flashes and she never gets it checked and it just keeps going and the side view mirror fell off and she's like and it just keeps going and she said it before we could she said oh my god i'm the human wilson all these (laughs) things keep happening to her and she just keeps going and um she you know there are things that she said that will ring in my head forever about how when there's an obstacle she doesn't you know she knows she can't go through it but she tries to figure out a way under it or around it uh, or over it. And um, I think about that a lot. You know, this is a woman who doesn't live in the problem. She searches for a solution and she lives in the solution. And um, and it's uh, it's been an incredibly inspiring story for, for me and for many others. I mean, I, one man wrote me after seeing it and he said, I'm starting a battle against cancer and watching this movie, particularly Helene's story, showed me that I'm going to win. 
And, um, you know, that's reason enough to have made the movie in the first place for me. Yeah, that's beautiful. I think for me, Helene uh, kind of embodies one of my favorite uh, quotes. Uh, Zen quotes is the, the obstacle is the way. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell her you said that. <laughs> she's, uh, she's, um, she, and I, you know, I've seen her at several speaking engagements um, and she's hosted screenings of this, of this doc and she's a great cheerleader for it. And she lives everything that the doc is about. You know, she's just a walking testament to everything I'm trying to say. So um, she's become a dear friend and uh, I'm, I'm happy that, that her story moved you because it sure as hell moved me. Yeah. I think it moved a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if you're still in contact with her, what's next for Helene? Has she got another big challenge on the horizon? Uh, you know, she's written about four books about her life, so she's been writing another book. Um, I believe she's going to go run parts of Canada. She ran Alaska. She ran Hawaii and Alaska after the doc. Um, and uh, I think she's going to run parts of Canada now, which is hard for her because she hates the cold. She loves the she <laughs> yeah. desert, no problem. But uh, she hates the cold. So she's going to be doing that. I mean, it's it's really amazing. I have made friends. Like, I'm in touch with Mike still. I'm in touch with Catherine still. Catherine's been in New Zealand. Like, I, you know, it's um, I, I made lifelong friends through this. So uh, it's another thing to be grateful for, you know. That's beautiful. And I think f- for me, the most important thing of this documentary is what you've already talked about is the, is how many people you've inspired. And I'd love to hear some, you know, a few stories of, of, like you mentioned of this gentleman that got cancer of people you've inspired to just get off their ass and start moving. Well, the biggest one, the one that'll mean the most to me for my whole life is my sister. Uh, my oldest sister is not an athletic person in the slightest. And, uh, she, watched the documentary and it, it's really interesting because I've been saying to her for years, just get up and walk around the block, just get up and walk around the block. She won't listen, you know, and she has absolutely no interest. She watched the documentary and something clicked and I'd love to say it was me. It wasn't me. She watched these people. And I think for her, it was coach Debbie talking about how you don't have to do much. Just get up and do a couple steps one day and the next yeah. day, get up and do a couple more. And in my sister, Amy, she was telling me that it took so much pressure off of her because she was saying to me, I'll never run like you do. I said, you don't have to run like I do. Yeah. Walk around the block. And so for Debbie, this coach in the documentary, to be going, yeah, to do much. If you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. Come back tomorrow. And um, it made my sister go, oh, I don't have to do as much as I thought. I can just do what I'm capable of, and that'll keep expanding. So um, she's now walking three and a half miles a day. Wow. I'm just – I'm thrilled by this. Um, so that's, that's a real personal one. Um, but then I get emails. I, I did a screening somewhere and a 64 year old woman who, uh, helped run the program that was behind the screening. Um, she wrote me and she said like two months after the screening, she said, I've gone running five or six days a week, every single week after watching that. And I wanted to let you know that it has absolutely changed my life. And she said, I'd never thought about running before. And you know, woman in her 60s and she just got up and did it because she saw these people uh so i get emails and and uh a lot of people on twitter are doing their first half marathon or the first 5k or 10k and it's it's really just an amazing thing to watch somebody decades older than you are in in a lot of these cases doing something you didn't think you were capable of doing and so it sort of expands your own possibilities which it's just a beautiful thing all the way around. I mean, not even just about running, just about life. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been thrilled by the response. Absolutely thrilled. 
And not only from from an age perspective, but these were people that physically weren't ready or in shape or runners. They were just your average person that decided to make a change. And like you say, they went out there that first day and have incrementally just continued on a better path. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, Coach Pat in in the doc talks a lot about he coaches what he calls uh, middle of the pack runners. Um, he's coached more people over the finish line of marathons than I believe any coach out here in California. Um, I, you know, he's probably in the upper echelon of coaches. Period. He has coached so many runners, and his entire thing is just finish. Don't don't yeah. don't care about the time. Just finish. And uh, I think a lot of people have this sort of misconception that. Uh, all people who are athletic are are sitting there in judgment of other people. And it was a big thing for my sister to learn and to understand and really accept is that it's it's a pretty um it's a pretty great community actually and it's incredibly supportive. Um run Tampa with, with Coach Debbie again. You know, she I've I've been there, I've watched her group run. It's not about the time. It's about uh, getting as many miles as you feel like doing that day and having people to talk to while you're doing it. And they go out for breakfast after every run. Uh, they have a huge breakfast at a restaurant there in Tampa, and it's just not as hyper-competitive as people think. It's actually really a, a joy, um, which I think, you know, has helped a lot of people, too, because it, it's sort of, it, it takes a lot of the sting out of it, and it takes a lot of the anxiety out of it, you know? Just go try it. And I think especially as we get into middle age, uh, you know, our experience is to see these ultra-competitive runners, the marathon, the Olympics, uh, and we think that's what it is. And, and that's just such a small fraction of what that community is all about. And even then, we have not ran into anybody so far, no matter what their level of, of experience or expertise, who wasn't willing to just sit and talk about how much they love running and mm-hmm. how open they are to working or not working, but just how open to bringing somebody else into that and finding how they can love it as well. Yeah, it was a fun thing to watch. You know, at some of the screenings, a lot of the runners could come to them, particularly at the big at the big premiere that we had out here. And what was great was to watch, like, Helene reacting the way she reacted to Jose. And yeah. so Helene, who was run across every state, was cheering for Jose to finish a 5K. And um, Mike was obsessed with Helene. And Catherine just loved Debbie and what she was doing with her coaching. And so it was really cool to watch, you know, these people – some of these elite, elite runners um, finding somebody running his first 5K, like a couch to 5K, you know, Helene finding him so inspirational. And uh, it really taught me a lot. It was, it, was funny to, it was funny to watch what people find heroic and brave. And um, it, it was uh, that night, that night in particular, you know, because I'd, I'd never seen the movie with a group of people. I'd been sitting with my editor and I'd been sitting with my colorist and I'd been sitting, <laughs> I hadn't watched it in a group. So to watch a bunch of people be moved by this movie and watch what happened, it was, uh, it was one of the best, I'm not even overstating, it was one of the best nights of my life. It was fantastic. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And I, you know, I can't understate how welcoming the community is and, and, you know, the, the, the fastest people are there watching the slowest people finish the races and cheering just as hard, uh, throughout the thing. Um, it, it on a funny note, it, I was reading an article and you were talking about, uh, the moment you were reaching out to Catherine Switzer with this kind of trepidation. I was like, Oh, I don't even know if she'll get back to me, but I've been rejected, rejected a lot in my life through my work. So what, whatever. And the throat you know, throw an email out. And that was the exact feeling I had when I was emailing you to invite you on the podcast. (laughs) 
it's uh, it's pretty funny, but it's also funny because everybody seems to respond talking about this topic. You know, Catherine got back to me. I, I really did just sort of cold email her, and um, and and she got back to me. And uh, hell yeah, I wanted to come on here and talk about it. It's a passion for all of us, and. So I think, um, you know, when you have a shared passion like that, you want to talk about it and you want to meet other people who want to talk about it and you want to get the message out there because um, it really will change your life. I mean, my my husband, uh, he started running uh, while we were making this, actually, partially because he had to follow people around with a camera and he didn't <laughs> want to be lagging behind them. But um, it's. Uh, I always, I'll say to him, he'll go for a run in the evening. I'm a morning runner. He's an evening runner. And I'll come back and he'll go, I feel better. I'll say, well, I don't want to say I saved your life. But yeah, (laughs) he'll be like, I know, I know. The whole thing saved my life. And he's become, uh, he's become pretty passionate about it. Um, And it's so he likes to talk about it too and send people to watch the doc. And uh, it's just, it's a topic that it's, it's a topic. It's a joyful topic. You know, everybody needs that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one obscure thing uh, related to the movie, I personally am a little weird about this. I love reading the trivia on the IMDb webpage. I don't know if you two do that. <laughs> I want to know who wrote. I, I want to know who wrote your trivia because there's one on there, and I'd like to read it. It says, in addition to serving as director, writer, interviewer, and fundraiser, the very capable Liz Vassy was also the sound boom operator. She rocks. <laughs> no idea i haven't read that i read trivia and movies all the time but apparently not my own um i uh i hadn't read that yeah i was a boom operator for several of the scenes look this whole thing started off as a labor of love and um i'm a firm believer that when you're trying to put something good in the world it it tends to work out because people can feel that you're coming from a very honest place so I, I went, like I said, when we followed Helene, we weren't ready. We, we just we started <laughs> yeah. a month and a half earlier than we thought. So it was my husband, me, and a friend just took a, a, a car out there and, and started following her around. And yeah, I carried the boom mic for a lot of it, you know, standing on my tiptoes trying to be out of frame. And, um, and then slowly but surely, things just fell into place. Like I wrote Catherine, and it took her a little bit to get back to me because she was busy running the Boston Marathon again and doing <laughs> interviews. And in the meantime, I'd, writ- I'd written Humana, and they said, well, we might want to get attached. Uh, you know, have you met Catherine Switzer? Because she might be good to be in your movie. And I didn't want to say, yeah, I emailed her, but she hasn't heard yet. <laughs> so I said, no, I've heard of her. Maybe I'll email her. And in the meantime, Catherine got back to me. I said, oh, did Humana tell you to write me back? And she said, no, I haven't talked to them. And so it all sort of came full circle where then I could call Humana and go, Catherine's in it. And they're like, yes, we will sign on. And so nice. suddenly, you know, I had, I had Catherine and Humana and people started adding on to the whole process. But um, honestly, you know, I, I, it was my baby when I started it. And I went through every single aspect of pre-production, production, post-production. And then um, I got global distribution for this thing. And I'd never had to distribute my own movie. So I'm on the line with the distributors and they're saying things like, hey, we need this kind of cut, and if we do this, can we get this? Can we get the colored version without this? Can we also get this? And I'm saying, yeah, and they're like, what are your thoughts on this? And I'm Googling what some of these terms are <laughs> and reading it right off the computer. But, you know, I feel that because I just, I was sort of forced gumping my way through it because I had never had to do this before. Um, but I figured out, hey, what the hell, you know, if, I could, if a 70-year-old can do a marathon, I can, I can do post-production on a movie, even though I've never done it before. So um, it, uh, it, it really ended up... Um, 
working out beautifully. But yeah, I, I wore a lot of hats. I was exhausted. <laughs> it's like running a marathon was nothing compared to making this movie. Well, as you tell that, I can't help but think that it was so fortuitous that Helene was the first one to respond because if anybody could appreciate the bootstrap that <laughs> it took for you to get out there, she's the perfect person for that. And how much easier it would have been to continue on because you had that commonality that just started the day, started that shoot. Uh, you know what? You're absolutely right. And when you have footage of this human being accomplishing this type of thing, and when you have somebody who's so entertaining, funny, you know, and, and sort of contagiously funny, like, like Helene, like she, she changes the energy of every room she walks into. Um, she just does. And so when you have that footage, you know <laughs> you're absolutely going to finish making the movie. Like, of course you have to, because now you have this, this, this thing, this beautiful thing, and um, you want the world to see it. So, uh, yeah, it, it was definitely inspiration to keep going. And I knew, I thought, well, if nothing else, this is going to be really friggin' entertaining, because look at this woman. <laughs> I, know, I know I've really got something here. So, yeah, it was, it was definitely fortuitous to be starting off uh, with her. It was, I, was, I was grateful she came into my life the way she did, but it does crack me up. Yeah, I know somebody who runs a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, she runs a lot. That's true. So uh, one last question I would like to ask you. Obviously, you've already started thinking about uh, the human race part two. Uh, are there any runners in your, in your mind that you'd like to uh, maybe get on board if you do it? <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I have a couple people that have written me. I won't name them by name because if they don't end up being in it, then then uh, then I would be in trouble. But um, yeah, you know, I, I've I've thought about it. I thought also about revisiting some of the people that we've we've already seen and seeing what they're up to now because all of them are doing really extraordinary things and because all of them are memorable. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I would also like to look into uh, more um, some of the more famous older runners who are making a mark. Um, you know, the running nun. Uh, my, my husband, the cameraman, shot a commercial with this woman and found that pretty exciting. And I, I would like to talk to some people um, that are that are big in the running community and get their take on it as well. Um, and I, I have no idea when this is going to happen, by the way, because I'm a little busy right now, but it's definitely something that I think about. And, um, some investors have talked to me about wanting to be a part of it too. So, um, we'll see. I think it, I think it's, I think it's a distinct possibility. <laughs> well, unfortunately I have to say this. I think that's got legs. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can cut that out if you want to, <laughs> uh, before we let you go also, uh, if uh, you're ever up in the Portland area, we've got some fun races. We've got a Hood to Coast van that we do every year. If you've ever seen the Hood to Coast and want to join in, we always have a spot on our team. Uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. lots of fun. Uh, cannot thank you enough for your time. And uh, also can't just thank you enough for making this movie and how many people you're inspiring. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on to talk about it. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh Best of luck locally. We're dealing with it just like you are. We are just in a bank of smoke yeah, and campfire smell right now. Yeah, so. we're currently in like third worst air quality in the world or something like that. I Man, hope I hope care. you guys can start running too. Thank you. Thank you. Right back at you. Take care of yourself. Okay, you too. Have a great day. Thanks again. That was definitely one of the coolest conversations I think we've had a chance to have. We were able to get into so much with not only what Liz uh, Vassy created, but 
all of those deeper stories of why we run, why it's important, uh, why it's so important to inspire other people. Um, I just can't uh, say enough how, how cool that was and how generous uh, she was with her time with us. Yeah, absolutely. I think taking on the project, first and foremost, I want to thank her for doing that because that movie is so inspiring. It's one I will go back and watch again just to watch because of everything that comes out of it. And uh, really, it's so important to say how much this is a project of passion for Liz. Uh, these passion projects are uh, what really inspire us and, and are, like she said, one of the reasons she wanted to make this is just a beacon of light and a beacon of happiness for people. I think that uh, this is going to be something that, you know, she will remember the rest of her life of, as something that was life changing for so many people. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that physical activity and running specifically helps recenter so much of what we do. And that came through as well. I mean, that that need to go out there and clear the mind, uh, that need to put the body into a physical condition that is enjoyable and something that makes you want to continue to make that a more physical condition. That, that's a thing, a more physical condition. <laughs> it's definitely a more of a thing. So uh, we can't thank Liz enough. And if there's anyone that's going to inspire you to, to continue to be an old crazy runner, it's Liz Vassy. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Old Crazy Runners. Take a moment to rate and review the podcast and always share it with your friends so they can join in with all of us for these great episodes. And be sure to go by Strava and join the old Crazy Runners podcast, Strava Run Club, because that's where all us old crazies hang out. It's where we encourage each other to keep getting out there, to keep putting in the miles. And keep being old crazy runners. <laughs>